It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. Two Big Ten teams in the NCAA tournament. Two? Well, that's what we thought, just not how and who we thought. Kyle Charters with Drew Charters here for the Big Baseball Podcast postseason edition on the eve of the NCAA tournament. Drew, Michigan wins the Big Ten tournament. That's good. We think it's going to make three teams get in from the conference, and then the committee says no to Rutgers. I I could not believe that when I saw it on Monday afternoon. We were with family together at a pool. I look at my phone on the way home, and I I was shocked. I There was never a moment for me during the Big Ten tournament in Omaha last week, that I thought that Rutgers needed to win more games. I have just assumed that they were in. Well, let's put Rutgers aside for a minute to talk about the two teams that are in, or at least Michigan, because I think Michigan does deserve its due. And we'll talk to Wolverine coach Eric Backage on the podcast today. A uh, great run. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, what, when 4-1? and one, during the tournament, really, the, the, the offense took off, carried that team, as can happen during tournament play, and offense can really carry you. And, and for Michigan, it did. And so you've got to give the Wolverines, uh, aside from the other nonsense that happened, a, a lot of credit for getting into the NCAA tournament. When we called them dead, like what? Six days ago? Right. <laughs> two, right. Well, that's, two how, weeks ago. that's what we've done all season here in the Big Ten. We've gone so up and down on some of these teams, and Michigan is one of those teams that we have been uh, it's so inconsistent on. It, it, it's You know, we talked about them a lot this season. They looked like in the middle of the Big Ten season, they they the season could go one of two ways. They could either make a run at it or – they could not, and well, you they did about, not. Yeah, that 12 those games. twelve games yeah. that were looking at the schedule and who they played, they were easier games towards the bottom yeah. tier of the Big Ten, and they didn't do so hot in those twelve games. At least not good enough. Well, and, and back to back weeks against Purdue and Indiana, they were two and four, and you thought right. that that was at minimum they had to finish three and three in those two weeks, if not four and two, to make a charge up the Big Ten. We thought maybe. And I think we talked about it on the podcast that they might not make the Big Ten tournament. Right. They were they were a sweep away. If they yeah. got swept that last weekend and some other things happened, Indiana got swept that last weekend. They were in this very exact same situation, and they still made it. So some other things had to happen. But yeah. Michigan was not a lock going into that last weekend. They were They were certainly nowhere close to comfortable there. They needed to win, and they did. Hats off to Michigan. They played well uh, there in that last series. Uh, against uh, Rutgers, Rutgers, um, you know we knew the Maryland or Michigan offense was there. They mm-hmm. had veterans in that lineup. Joe Stewart transferring from Michigan State is a veteran in the Big Ten. Clark Elliott's there. Jimmy Obertop's there. Bertram played well. Yeah, you know this offense was capable of putting up runs the entire season, mm-hmm. and they did just that in, in the Big Ten tournament. Forty-eight runs in the five games. Yeah, the big one was versus Maryland on Friday. Uh, beat Ryan Ramsey, headed him his first loss of the season, 15-8 to was the final. And that one, Clark Elliott, is the most outstanding player of the tournament. And so Michigan gets in. It's in the Louisville bracket uh, with the Cardinals. Uh, Oregon is there. We know Mark Wasikowski well, of course. 
uh, Michigan, SEMO. Uh, so that, I mean, that's you know not an easy road yeah. there, to say the least. It's not like the committee did Michigan any favors. Uh, but for Michigan to get in, uh, quite the run that the Wolverines had. And as I said, we'll talk to Eric Backage here in a couple of minutes on the podcast. So Rutgers loses to Michigan and gets left out. We'll hit on Maryland in a minute because we knew the Terps, regardless of what happened in yeah. Omaha, that they would be in. Did Rutgers we? loses to... Did we? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we did. Uh, well, we and a lot of other people thought more highly of Maryland than the committee did, apparently. Yeah. So Rutgers loses to Michigan and gets left out. Rutgers finished 44-15. and 15. Its RPI was 42. It lost only one game in Omaha. Look, you know, this is part of the issue for me a little bit is the tournament format. Now, you lose one game. It happens to be a championship game. You're just out. I mean, it's it. You're done. And so, to me, that seems unfair. Look, Rutgers played 22 of 25 games, its first 25 games, on the road. Okay? I, I don't know... I don't know what so so what sh- should Rutgers have done differently if it's a Big Ten team? the The lesson here for Rutgers and anyone in the Big Ten is is now you not, need to not only play road games but you have to play road games at at Vanderbilt. You have to go not just neutral site. Right. You have to play. You have to play Vandy at Vandy. You have to play Tennessee at Tennessee. You have to play Texas at Texas. And you have to guess on who's gonna be good, right? How much in advance are these schedules set? Some yeah. are last minute. I know that you can pick up an opponent last minute sometimes, but the majority of this schedule is set well in advance. So you're guessing whether Hawaii is gonna be good or they're gonna be bad, right? And right. I mean, you, you you might know that to some extent because of what programs are, but look, we also know. Does the committee? Did the committee know this that? Rutgers was scheduled to play at Sac State, and right. Sac State had to cancel that series because its conference switched its format. And now Sac State this year, its RPI was somewhere in the 180s. So, you know, it maybe it wouldn't have helped Rutgers that much. They played Omaha instead and then lost two of three to Omaha. Omaha's RPI was somewhere in the two, 210s to 220, so not quite as good. But you lose two of three there. You're coming back from Hawaii, Hawaii, and playing a three-game series. Now, traditionally, Sac State, a better program than Omaha. So Rutgers is thinking it's going to come back. It's going to stop there. It's going to play a traditionally good program in Sac State that should be better than Omaha. Now they have to fill it with Omaha. So is that Rutgers' fault, A, that they didn't know that Sac State was maybe going to be a little bit down this year. It's RPI in the 190s. And B, that it wasn't going to be able to play them anyway. Is that Rutgers' fault? No. 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 So the lesson here for Big Ten teams is what? Not only do you have to play true road games, but you have to play true road games against really good teams or just play neutral side against really good teams. You can't schedule midweek games against anybody other than northern teams in the middle of the the Big Ten season, who's going to – you're just not going to be able to do that. So the Big Ten and Northern teams just get a double slap in the face here, that there's no real answer. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is obviously a, a bigger pitch, picture issue for the Big Ten. I mean, this is a problem. 
This yeah. this was telling moving forward, and I don't know what the Big Ten's going to do about it. No. Because this, if you are a Big Ten coach right now, looking at this, we can talk <laughs> about it all we want, but if you're a Big Ten coach right now, yeah. you've got to be thinking to yourself whether you're in the right spot. Well, yes. And, and what you... What you that's a good point. Yeah. The goal is to get in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, how so are what you are you doing? Do how are you doing that in the Big Ten now? Yeah. I mean, Maryland got in, had a good resume. It did things the right way. It beat teams. And then its RPI was what? Going into the tournament was three. It gets the 15 seed. So, you know, Rutgers RPI, good, 42 or whatever it was, doesn't get in. Yeah. Iowa, which we'll talk about later. 36 and 19 doesn't get in. Doesn't even, it's not even like it was what uh, talked about. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, there wasn't, we talked about it. We're probably the only ones, right? I mean, it just, it's mind boggling to me. So if you're a big 10 coach, every single big 10 coach, big 10 program should look at this and be like, now say what now? Why wouldn't I just go coach it? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, uh, IPFW. Yeah. And, I mean, Right. Purdue and Fort Wayne. Why wouldn't I just go coach at Purdue Fort Wayne? And and if if I'm only going to get one team in, basically, right, and win your turn, and, and win the tournament, there, win the tournament. Why wouldn't I just go to a smaller school and try to win the tournament every year? Yeah. Rather than coach in the Big Ten and be, you know, have a 700 winning percentage and not get in. Yeah. I mean, the Scarlet Knights, you know, very good, 44 wins, offensively great, led the country in runs. A bunch of other categories, double second nationally, batting average fifth, on base percentage 11th. I mean, all this stuff. Now, you know, they didn't have very many Q1 opportunities. The Big Ten itself probably did not help in that fashion. The bottom of the league was not great. I mean, it just wasn't. But if you're going to flip over to the other side of it, here's what Rutgers could have done. They, they, They could have played better against the better tier teams in the Big Ten. That's what they needed to do, obviously, uh, hindsight. They, their, their wins this year, the series wins this year, were against Penn State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Indiana, and Ohio State. The three they lost, the three series they lost, were Iowa, Maryland, and Michigan. Yeah. I mean, you know, so they, so they, beat, the, they beat the bottom teams in the Big Ten. They lost to the top teams in the Big Ten. And yeah. when the Big Ten's already soft and – the national people's eyes, right? Not necessarily ours, but you got to win those series. So if you're going to look at, I, I'm, I'm not on the, I'm obviously on the, on board with Rutgers needs to be in the tournament. But if you're going to look at something that Rutgers could have done and they didn't do, they could have won one or two of those series against Iowa, Maryland, and Michigan. Yeah, they just were forty six and twelve. <laughs> they would have been, they would have been fine. The other, it, it, this needs to get the Big Ten itself, the conference's attention a little bit too. And and the Big Ten needs to take all of this more seriously in baseball. If if, right. if if the Big Ten is going to take another step forward as a baseball conference, the conference itself needs to take all of this more seriously and help everyone out. Because that, to me, it just didn't, the Big Ten didn't have an advocate for all of this. The committee, there's no Big Ten rep on the committee. Right. There's only two reps that were even Midwestern reps on that committee. There's no no advocate 
And it just always feels that way. Like the Big Ten needs to step up and advocate for its its league and be there. I mean, it's just small stuff. I mean, we've railed against this off the podcast forever. Get yeah. the standings right on your website. Yeah. It's it's a complete <laughs> lack of care. I mean, it is. You, act like you care a little bit. The standings aren't even right on the website ever. Yeah. Ever. At minimum. Somebody get on the website and run the website the right way. Like, there's <laughs> no, no, people no. out here that care about Big yeah. Ten baseball, and you and the leadership needs to act like it cares. <laughs> yeah. It just does. There's a complete lack of that. That has driven uh, me attention. crazy for years, and we have sort of ignored it. And I've been like, should we mention this? Like, we have to go elsewhere to get the correct standings every week. And I know the Big Ten they ship that out to some other company, but ultimately it's on your site. Get it right. Yeah, and that's just one small thing. But it's not, though. I mean, it is a small thing. Yeah. But it's such a small thing that it should be right. And if that is wrong, like if, if such a small thing is wrong, such a small and easy thing to do is wrong, that shows you the lack of attention. Yeah. It's such an easy thing to do. The other question I have is, it, the, the, and I know, so we got rained out. And so everybody agreed to do what we did at the Big Ten tournament. And, uh, you know, Rutgers ends up playing whatever day. What day was it? They ended up playing till 4 a.m. on. The, the game started at like 10 till 1 a.m. Yeah, like, I know everybody like agreed to do that. And so it, I think that's somewhat out of people's hands. But my question is, not for the Big Ten on this one, did that game on Sunday get played so late on Sunday, the championship game, later I assume than what it's originally scheduled for, right? Which would be 1 o'clock. It ends up getting played like at, like at 5 or something, right? Did it get played so late in the day on Sunday that Michigan simply took Rutgers' spot? Like we always hear about in the, in the basketball that that doesn't happen, right? That on Sunday in the Big Ten or in the conference uh, championship games that – that you know, one team just doesn't take the other team's spot. Like yeah. everybody's just sort of in the same pool. You're looking at resume versus resume, blah blah blah. But to me, it just seems like 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 Michigan just took Rutgers' spot. They won that game so late, the committee had Rutgers penciled in, and then Michigan won, and they're like, oh well, just take Rutgers out and put Michigan in. That's that the slot. easy thing to do. You know, we're running out of time. That's the easy thing yeah. to do. Let's you know. It just that's I, I just think so. Raw. It's hard to imagine a situation that. The Big Ten would only if, if if let's let's step back and say if if Maryland won the Big Ten tournament. I know now we're getting into you know if this and if that. Right, if Maryland no, won no, the Big yes, Ten tournament. Are they the only? It's a great point. Are they the only team from the Big Ten to yeah, make it? If right. Maryland won the Big Ten tournament, so so Rutgers, Rutgers is, is not in. Yeah, right. So Rutgers is punished somehow by Maryland having a bad week. If you Rutgers cannot, cannot, loses two straight games, yeah. if L- Rutgers loses two games and out of the Big Ten tournament, and Maryland wins the Big Ten tournament, a one is, big Ru- league. is Rutgers out? Out. And it's a one I big league. I have a hard time saying I that. do too. So Rutgers gets punished for winning games in the Big Ten tournament. For winning games and for <laughs> Maryland having a bad week. Yeah. I, I just, I do. I have trouble not envisioning that it's simply Michigan won, replaced Rutgers. Right. In the bracket. And to me, that from everything we've heard from other sports, that's not how this is supposed to work. And that's leading back to there's nobody at the Big Ten 
stepping up and saying, wait, as far as is we that know, what you just the, did? Yeah. The, it, like, if if that's what you just did, that's wrong. Hey. Well, you would hope somebody did. We, we might not know. Some, hopefully yeah. somebody did this week and be like, hey, what, what, what happened here? Yeah. I'm sure the coaches did. I would think. You would think that every coach in the Big Ten would go to go to bat for <laughs> for Rutgers in this situation. Well, yeah, because it's in the it's in it's in their best interest, obviously. All right, let's hit on Maryland. Uh, you know, <laughs> we thought they were going to be a top eight seed if they would want uh, you know super regional, which host, which it could still do, I guess, based on who wins in that first round. But they end up getting a fifteen seed. And then, not an easy regional with Wake Forest, UConn, which is good, Long Island, uh, not many breaks there. You know, Purdue, uh, excuse me, Maryland did not have a good week. It was one and two in Omaha. That that once dominant weekend rotation looked human. Yeah. You know, Savico, Ramsey, Dean. Really, those three must pitch well. And the offense, I think, was stymied to some extent in that gigantic ballpark at Charles Schwab Field in Omaha, where it won't be at Bob Turtle Smith Stadium back home, which will play more to its style. Uh, so maybe Maryland can respond here quickly, but it was not a good week. The, the pitching just wasn't where it was. And after we had seen the Terps for two games the week before at Alexander here at Purdue, we're like, oh, well, okay, that team's pretty right. good. But look very human over the weekend. I'll make some excuses for him. It was a chaotic week. You know, yeah. there I, I think the the good thing Maryland has going for them, ignore all the the, the fifteen seed stuff, ignore the, the disrespect of the Big Ten, and get back home and and get back yeah, to where you're yeah. you know, get back comfortable. Get back comfortable. You're yeah. back home. You know, Maryland had a chaotic series against Purdue, not playing that last game. Then they go to the Big Ten tournament in Omaha. The whole first day's washed out. The the pitching that pitching rotation who you know we've you said is was human was all sorts of messed up on extra rest. You know, hard to complain about extra rest, I suppose. But it's yeah, hey, it does change. It's chaos. Change, yeah. It's chaos. They're an extra yeah. rest. They're sitting around waiting to play, waiting to play. Uh, I mean, when's the last time Ramsey pitched before the Big Ten tournament game? Yeah, it, it had been a week and a half yeah. basically. So. And they, you know, okay, if you're if we're just making excuses for Maryland, they sat around all day on that Saturday at Purdue, don't play, right. travel back home, turn around, come back to, you know, farther west. Yeah, sit around more. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. There I, I it'll be interesting to see what Maryland does here this weekend in a difficult region, but back home which really suits that offense, I think, and, you know, just the comfort of that. And then also being um, disrespected a little bit by by the committee when many others who cover baseball very closely had them as like, what, a 6-7, yeah. somewhere in there. All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back with Michigan coach Eric Backage. We'll talk about his team's run in the Big Ten tournament, what he expects uh, from the uh, in the NCAA, maybe get his thoughts too on what happened with the Big Ten uh, and the uh, the selection as well. We'll do that coming up next. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back to the Big Baseball Podcast. Happy to welcome in friend of the pod, Eric Backage, the coach of the Michigan Wolverines. His team 
back in an NCAA regional. Hey, Eric, I do appreciate the time. As always, man, your team really found it at the right moment, I would say, uh, in Omaha, maybe a little bit before that. Um, But, man, you guys really got hot at the right time. Just tell me a little bit about uh, the run in Omaha and how you guys managed to, uh, to get a championship. Well, hey, Kyle, thanks for having me on, as always. Appreciate being on the, on the podcast. Um, yeah, couldn't be more proud of our guys, the way they responded after getting basically knocked out at Maryland, a three-game sweep where we gave up 43 runs, and then to pick themselves up off the mat the way they did the week before we played Rutgers in the final Big Ten regular season. Um, that's where it, that's where it started, Kyle. It, um, it was a simplification of a, of a mindset, just getting back to more good old-fashioned competing uh, instead of it really anything else. And uh, the guys just, um, you know, they kind of hit that rock bottom, and there was nowhere to go from there but up. And uh, we used the success we had in winning our final regular season weekend into the Big Ten tournament. We treated it like the first game against Illinois was the only game of the week we were going to play, and yeah. we uh, – kind of carried that mindset throughout all the games we played all weekend you know drew and i had talked in real time i think about sort of your 12 game schedule there in the middle of the big 10 where it felt like your season was either going to turn one of two ways either you were going to make up some ground against teams that felt like maybe they were lower division in the big 10 or you just weren't and as it turned out you really didn't make up a whole lot of ground during those during those 12 games you I think got beaten back-to-back weekends against Purdue and Indiana, took just one of three games as the Boilermakers and the Hoosiers got you there. And then, you know, the Maryland series, and, you know, you were just sort of scuffling along. And then, in fact, in going into that last weekend against Rutgers, there was a scenario that found you not making even the Big Ten tournament, which wasn't even, you know, a completely outlandish scenario to, to have unfold. But, man, your team really, really did turn it around against Rutgers winning two of three and then was able to carry that momentum out to Omaha, was there any one thing that you felt like you guys found? Uh, honestly, it was the simplicity of a mindset. We just took all of our fancy tech and data and analytics and edgertronics and track mans <laughs> and rapsodos, and we just, we just, we just, we literally put them in the storage closet. And we said, enough of the Ivan Drago. We're going back to Rocky Balboa. Yeah. And we are just going to straight up compete and fight the wind pitches. And um, it turned out to be the best thing for us because it just became something we could get behind. And uh, once that shift in mindset happened, everything else kind of fell into place. Uh, we, we weren't cluttered with too many thoughts. It was just more about, you know, pitch to pitch, competing, and uh, turning that turning the season around, we were very aware of the mathematical scenario of missing the Big Ten tournament, which yeah. is unfathomable for a, a program like ours and where just where we've elevated the program to in recent years. So, um, you know, right now, just there's a lot of humility and appreciation that our backs were against the wall. We were dead and lifeless on the mat coming out of College Park and to think that was only two weeks ago and here we are champions going to a regional feeling like we caught that lightning in a bottle and it wasn't one defining moment like a Jordan Wogu double walk off in a big 10 tournament. <laughs> right. More of a, we had to, we had to literally get 
we had to reach that rock bottoms place before we could truly uh, dig deep enough and just find that mindset that we needed. And I think our guys thought enough's enough and uh, let's just go ahead and do this thing. It's not as if you had an easy draw in the Big Ten tournament. Arguably, I would say you had, you know, maybe the most difficult draw, not only from the teams that you played, but when you had to play them, um, you know, opening up with Illinois and then, you know, getting Maryland uh, in round two. And then also, you know, because the, the thing gets rained out for a day, we all get pushed back. Everyone sort of agrees that we're going to play whenever uh, the games uh, get played. And I think you were part of that, agreeing to play in the middle of the night, essentially. Um, but it's not like you had an easy road. But I think that the second game against Maryland, the one, you know, you, you get to Ryan Ramsey and, and knock him out early. That game in particular, I felt like, had to give your guys a lot of confidence that, hey, maybe we can make a run at this thing this week. I agree. Yeah, I think our guys knew the importance of getting into the winner's bracket and staying in the winner's bracket. Right in a tournament like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, we ended up having to play the doubleheader on Sunday. But by that point, I don't think they cared. They were already playing on Sunday. And so, yeah, I think that that win surely did give them a lot of confidence because Maryland is an elite team and uh, is an Omaha team. They're not lacking anything, uh, any pieces to, to get to the World Series. Uh, so that certainly was a, a big confidence booster solidifying this kind of this mindset that we had that, hey, this is working and we can do this. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly uh, certainly did work. Was your pitching better down the stretch? I know that was the one thing that you were, you know, sort of searching for for a lot of the season. Did you feel like you found some, some more arms uh, down the stretch? Well, we just decided to throw the kitchen sink at everybody and get rid of the defined roles and the clear cut lines that we had of who's a starter and who's a reliever. And, uh, once we did that heading into tournament, well, heading into records, the final weekend, we threw all three weekend starters on Friday night against Rutgers mm-hmm. just to get that victory. Mm-hmm. And then we just carried that same approach the rest of the way, uh, where we just said, screw it. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't need to have a rotation. We're just gonna we're just gonna stack them up and just try to get this game. And who cares about tomorrow? There is no tomorrow. Let's just get today. Yeah, yeah. Penn State and Rob Cooper sort of used that same philosophy all season. Obviously, worked out, you know, well for the Nittany Lions this year. Just throw the next guy up in line a little bit, and rather than use starters, almost use openers all season long. And and clearly, it worked out for them. Yeah, it sure did. I'm glad to see them in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Coop is a great dude, and he's uh, had a lot of success um, at previous stops. So, you know, good to see them making strides under his block. So what do you think of what happened with Rutgers and, and getting just two teams in from the Big Ten? I mean, Drew and I have talked a, a lot about it, um, <laughs> maybe maybe overly expressing some of our frustrations with with what has happened. Obviously, the league wants as many teams as possible into the tournament. I think when I think a lot of people, us included, when you won, uh, we saw that as a good thing because we thought, well, at, at minimum, the Big Ten's going to get three teams in, and then we were all a little shocked about Rutgers. I mean, obviously, I think you would probably share that shock and, and think that uh, the Scarlet Knights are, are an NCAA tournament team. What went wrong? Oh, in sure. your, what went wrong, in your opinion, on, on all of this? If anything went wrong, in your opinion, on on you know the Big Ten getting as many teams and four or five 
you know, maybe more than yeah. that teams into the tournament. Well, I thought we had four regional teams with Iowa included in there. Their pitching was one of the best in the country. And maybe in a normal year with a normal bubble, you know, we have three for sure, and, and Iowa is, is the bubble in scenario. But I, I didn't think Rutgers was on the bubble. I thought they were a lock with 44 wins and a 42 RPI. But, you know, the committee has such a hard job, Kyle, and, and there were, it seems like there are so many – there's such an increase in good competitive baseball now in college baseball, especially since everybody's older in the post-COVID yeah. world. And there were probably five, six, ten teams that were deserving to get in that didn't get in, and they might have gotten in in a normal year. And once we heard – the committee chair, Mike Buddy, and kind of deliberate of what they went through in, in the room, you could see that they really prioritized the non-conference strength of schedule. Yeah. And sometimes that just seems for Midwest and cold weather schools, you know, you may not be able to build that unless you go out and play the gauntlet in the preseason going to all those Southern schools. It's, it's hard to get, you know, high RPI or, or, you know, good RPI teams in the midweeks and so forth and in right. the bye weeks. Um, so that does hurt us a little bit. But, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know what – there's nothing Rutgers – there's nothing else Rutgers could have done. Coach Owens had those guys playing tough. They did everything right. They had a historically good year. There's nothing Coach Heller could have done better with that pitching staff. Those the pitchers that he had were mm-hmm. awesome all season long. Um, as you know, I'm disappointed for those guys because I know how much they put into it, and everyone else too. But those two teams especially, because you know it's hard. It's it's just yeah. hard. It's hard to get to regionals, and when you have teams that are capable of it, you want to be rewarded for it. So, but the one thing I know about Steve Owens and Rick Heller is they will absolutely have their teams back again next year. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, and and hopefully they'll find themselves on the on the right end of that bubble this time around. I'll ask you this: maybe it's not a maybe it's not a fair question without prepping you, but does the Big Ten need more advocacy for for Big Ten baseball? Does it need a, a spokesperson? Does it need somebody pounding the drum a little harder uh, for the league to try to make sure that its teams are being represented in the best light possible for the committee and? And, and nationally for whoever else? I don't know. I think the best thing we can do as coaches is play a tough schedule in the early season. Yeah. And then when the teams that do get to the postseason, we, we need to do whatever we can do to advance beyond the regional round when the teams get there. Right. And honestly, I think there's just it's been too, too few and far between. You know, we had Indiana who kind of got us off the map in 2013 and then was a national seed in 2014. Illinois was uh, a national seed in, in 2015 and went and hosted a super regional against Vanderbilt. Um, then we had a little bit of a drought for a couple of years. And then Minnesota had that great year and mm-hmm. hosted a regional, won a regional, got to a super regional. Uh, we, we did what we did in 2019. And now Maryland's doing it in 2021. So you can see in the last 10 years, we've had – a hundred percent more success than the right. previous 10 years prior to that. Uh, when Michigan had the great team in 07 that beat Vanderbilt. But 
I think that's the best thing the Big Ten can do is just play a tough schedule, try to do everything they can to try to win those games. And when they do get opportunities in the postseason, the more we can capitalize on those opportunities, the more that's going to resonate with the committee when they're deliberating between these bubble teams that should get in. Yeah. We certainly have a tough schedule this weekend in the Louisville region, Oregon, U, SEMO, obviously the Cardinals. Um, it's a, it's a tough slate, but you just sort of take the same philosophy that you did in Omaha into this weekend and, and see, you know, where things uh, shake out, right? I mean, how do you feel uh, headed down south? Oh, absolutely. We're taking the same philosophy. We're playing with house money. Our guys are loose. They're feeling good. They're, they're focused and loose at the same time, which is a tough combination. Yeah. Because sometimes too focused means too tight. Sometimes too loose means sloppy but they're that perfect blend of both. And, uh, you know, we're not saving any pitchers for Saturday. We'll throw the kitchen sink at Oregon if we have to on Friday and worry about Saturday on Saturday. And I love that mindset. I love that tournament baseball mindset that we have right now. I love the way the look in our guys' eyes. Uh, and whatever happens is going to happen, but our mindset will be right. Yeah. Sounds good. Hey, best of luck this weekend. Uh, we'll be watching closely. It's been a heck of a run you guys have been on, and, and uh, hopefully you'll keep it going. Awesome. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for having me, as always. That's our Michigan coach Eric Backage joining us on the podcast. Back with more in a moment. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. All right, Drew, let's the weekend rotation, the things that we are looking forward to this weekend. Uh, we'll start with topic number one, and it's something we're not looking forward to because Iowa didn't also get in the NCAA tournament. Really, as we mentioned earlier, not even a sniff. I mean, it to me, Iowa looked like an NCAA tournament team. I know, you know, the eye test has to matter to some extent, and if you can roll out the three starters that Iowa can roll out, then you can win a region and get into a super regional. And heck, you might be able to win that because Adam Mazur, uh, when healthy, yeah, might be able to shut down whoever that other team is. And instead, Iowa at 36 and 19, 17 and 7 in the Big Ten. Man, in a lot of years, especially here recently, now back 10 years ago, when the Big Ten was a one bid league. You know, maybe Iowa gets left out. But the recent history has been that the Big Ten has been a four or five bid league, and not this year. Iowa out. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it helped Iowa that Mazer got a little banged up there with back spasms. I think it was at the end of the year. He didn't pitch well in his last outing, last two outings, really. Right. Uh, and then they went away from Connor Schultz, who was hurt throughout the majority of the year, came back. I think it was that Rutgers game. He pitched really well in that Rutgers game and then sort of uh, tailed mm-hmm. off there again. They threw Dylan Nedved in there, who's a veteran in that lineup, and he actually did pretty well in the starting role. But there was some yeah. chaos there in that starting rotation. I'm not sure, you know, since they didn't even get a sniff, I'm not sure if that really had any effect on the NCAA uh, And they were, I mean, they there, were but, inconsistent early in the season. We, You know, we talked to Rick Heller about yeah. that a little bit where they were just – they would just lose games. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like looking at the stuff like you do is if kid could Iowa win a regional, could they win a regional? And I'm not sure. I think the answer to that question for me two weeks ago when I went to Iowa city and saw them play was yes. I think the answer 
for me now is no. With Mazer banged up and yeah, the and question the mark over not... the number two pitcher with Nedved or Connor Schultz and uh, I don't yeah, know. I and the offense is not good enough one through nine to be able to carry them for a weekend, in my opinion. Because if you shut down Keaton Anthony and and Peyton Williams and Isaiah Fillard to some extent, there's just not a whole lot there that that really scares you. Until you get to number nine, Huxdorf, who can put up 12 <laughs> RBIs. Yeah. In a, whatever, it's true. In a series. Yes, I, I, yeah. I think one of the most impressive teams of the, the weekend in Omaha was Indiana. As we hit topic number two, the Hoosiers, uh, man, they had some real problems throwing strikes during the season. <laughs> yeah. We looked at those numbers. I mean, we compare things to Purdue because we know Purdue. They had like 100 more walks than Purdue during yeah. the year, something crazy. I mean, it was like, what? And we know that Purdue had issues at times in its bullpen with with throwing strikes, and Indiana had like 100 more walks. But the Hoosiers were really impressive. I mean, to be able to, uh, you know, to, to hang in there with Maryland the first game, then beat them in the second game, I mean, is a pretty, pretty impressive run that Indiana had. Yeah, it is. I, I think we looked at it. I don't remember what series it was, but we looked at Indiana's numbers real close there during the season. And yeah. it was, if they threw strikes and didn't, it wasn't just walks, it was hit bad. like 12 or 15 it, a game yeah, or something when they, they were kept bad. It, if they kept it in single digits, they were winning baseball games. If they got those walks plus hit batters in double digits, that's when they were losing games. And yeah. their offense is good. They've got a young, you know, Carter Matheson. The freshman was really good. Uh, Matthew Ellis was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the offense is is there as it has been year in and year out for Indiana. They just got to get that pitching rotation uh, settled. And it's you know they that they played well against what well, was Maryland in that first game, but they yeah. lost in extra innings on a hit batter. <laughs> Bases loaded, they hit the yep, batter, lost the game. As so. you text me at the moment, you're like, well, that seems about right. <laughs> the way it has gone. For Indiana, but played you know really well that game yeah. they lose, but played well the rest of of the weekend. All right, topic number three, as it usually is, what you watching uh, this week? You know, Michigan and Oregon is intriguing because we know Mark Wasikowski, the Ducks head coach, after he was the the head coach at Purdue. I think he is undefeated against uh, Eric Backage in Michigan, I believe, from his tenure here. So that will be an interesting matchup between those two teams in what yeah. should be a, a good region down there in Louisville. Uh, so I'll be watching that one. Um, Maryland back home under the the lights. Now those lights. Uh, I hate to be too critical of the the Turtle Stadium there, but those those lights are not great. <laughs> Maryland, I think, plays at seven o'clock on on Friday night. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe uh, it helps them because they're used to them. In the prep here, I looked into the 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 Michigan Louisville regional more than the other one because there's common. Uh, opponents here Michigan played Louisville earlier this season they won one of three games March 11th to March 13th mm-hmm. uh and then obviously with Waskowski coaching Oregon there's some commonality there yeah uh in the Maryland series Maryland hasn't played any of those teams Wake Forest UConn or Long Island University so uh looking forward to it all it's yeah. uh, regardless of how many teams the Big Ten has in it it's a it's a good time for baseball and it gives us uh baseball to watch on an afternoon on a Friday yeah. and we're all for that um, all right, uh, so we'll carry this along as long as either Michigan or Maryland continues to play. So maybe we will be back next week. Perhaps we will not. Uh, if not, we do appreciate you listening all season long. 
Uh, thanks to Eric Backage for coming on the podcast this week. Best of luck to him and the Wolverines. For Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. You're out!